Hey guys, welcome to Pretty Killer Podcast. I'm your host, Jordana. On tonight's show, I have a very special guest. I have Scott with me from You Run Podcast. Hi, Scott. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Yeah, brilliant. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much for being on. Um, So since I started my page back in January, your podcast has been a podcast that I've been listening to, your page. I just am such a huge fan, so I'm really happy to have you on tonight. Yeah, I'm I'm genuinely delighted to be here because I I started following you really early from when you first started. And you started by saying podcast coming soon. And I binge podcasts like no tomorrow. And I keep going, I keep messaging you going, is it now? Is it now? And then all of a sudden you dropped it. I was like, yes, finally. (laughs) It was the most long awaited episode drop just because you know how it goes. Uh, it's a good thing though, because you, you, in that time, you built up a decent following and everyone who's following you was waiting for that episode to drop. And when it did drop, it was really, really good. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I appreciate that. Thank you. I know I love the community. I love the fan base, like just the followers, just how many people I've met that I call friends. It's, it's been great. I love it. Yeah. It's the, the horror community is really weird because I think when people look from the outside into the horror community they look at us as a bunch of weirdos who like watching people die and then when they come in and they actually talk to us we're actually one of the most friendly communities out there we're really not nasty at all it's 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 being part of it's wonderful it is and everyone's super receptive because i also thought it would be a lot of i mean don't get me wrong there's trash talking in a fun sense you know what i mean because horror is just how you perceive it you know what i mean but um, just everyone being so supportive and nice and just genuinely like involved with what you do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I genuinely love it. it the, the social media side of it when I started was kind of a, I have to do this because I've got a podcast. Yeah. And now I, I absolutely love it. I've made so many friends that I never yes. thought I'd make. It's, it's such a good thing. Definitely. So that leads into my question. What made you want to start a podcast? Um, I I wanted to start a podcast about probably about nine years ago and I had an idea to do it and then it kind of went nowhere. And then about probably about two years ago, I got the itch again. I started listening to a show called Horror Movie Talk mm-hmm. and I started listening to The Horror Virgin. And all of a sudden I went, do you know what? I, I really should do this. I've wanted to do it for ages. So I recorded a couple of episodes just for me just as like an outlet. Mm-hmm. Um, I then, my, my wife, Lisa, turned around and said, well, why don't you release one? I, like, I wouldn't even know how. And then, yeah, fast forward a, a year and a bit, two years, nearly two years now, and yeah, I'm I'm four, four shows deep and it's become part of daily life now. I love it. It's great. I love all the, the branch shows that you started to, so it's awesome. Yeah, so the, the, the branch shows kind of come kind of out of nowhere so I, I made it quite clear early on that i really really hate true crime yeah and that led to lots of people going to do a true crime podcast i was like i really don't want to <laughs> why do people do that with you when you say you don't like something they push I, I think that that's just a thing with me for some reason because it happened obviously with halloween 4 on the show yeah. i hate halloween 4 and i was kind of forced into doing that i was forced into doing true crime it's yeah, it's just become a thing I loved that episode too, by the way, because I am a huge Halloween fan. Uh, but everything that you guys, everything that you said is is just the you know what I mean. Like, I love hearing your side of it. Yeah, and you know, I think that's the joy of of horror in particular. We we as horror fans, we're quite difficult to upset, yeah. and we do accept other opinions. And I I accept the fact that Mark loves Halloween for, and he thinks it's the best thing in the world. And he accepts the fact that I think it's the worst film ever. Uh, and we, we made a good, fun episode because we have different opinions. And that's cool. Well, that's like the prime reason why I started was to kind of, you know, express what I enjoy in horror and also to hear other people's side because there could be movies that I don't really enjoy or appreciate. But if I see it from someone else's perspective and they kind of share what they like, I could see it in a totally different light, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, when... When someone explains to you a film that they love, they explain it with such passion. There's times where I've gone, I really don't like that film. But someone will talk about it and I'll go, do you know what? Maybe I've judged it too harshly. And I'll go back and watch it. And you find yourself watching it 
kind of through the way they've described it to you and you take different things from it and all of a sudden a movie you hate becomes something you go actually that that wasn't too bad i I quite enjoyed that that's um i gathered a lot from the shining episode that you guys did because i i don't hate the shining i love the shining but just to hear different perspectives on things and seeing it in different people's you know opinions i was like oh wow i i would have never really thought of it that way but that makes sense yeah yeah and it, it it's great. I mean, I've still not forgiven Mark for how he scored that, but he, he'll come round. <laughs> yes, forgiveness. Um, so tonight we are going to share our top three underrated slashers. Yeah. I'm super excited. It, I like. I thought of so many, and then I had to narrow it down, the ones I think that need the, the justice. Yeah, see, mine, I, I, my list kind of come to me almost immediately. There's a couple of these that I... I literally bang from the rooftops that they are so underrated. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you said underrated slashers, straight away I went, yes, I know exactly who I'm doing. Let's go with those. I know. I can't wait to hear yours. I'm, I'm super excited. So do you want to start by doing your number three? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Billy from Final Girls 2015. He is awesome. He is a blatant, unapologetic rip-off of Jason Voorhees. Yep. But he's such a good rip-off of Jason Voorhees. Done in such a good way. I loved his mask. When you when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh my God, how did I miss this? Yeah, and the cast list for that movie is incredible. Amazing. Uh, so you've got uh, Adam Devine, uh, Nina Dobrev, who I think was Vampire Diaries, and yep. um, I can never pronounce her name. I'm going to try. Is it Tasia Famiga? I think it's, yeah, I think it's like Tasia or something like that, but she, American Horror Story. Yeah, fantastic. Every single one of them. But the movie itself is so far out there. It's, it kind of lives in the realms of Tucker and Dale versus evil insanity. It's not a, this is not a movie you would see made again. It's a one-off, I think. It is, and it's and it's good that they do it that way because they they did a, a great job doing it. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't think of it. I mean, it's kind of an easy concept, but done so well. Yeah, and the kills in it are really good as well. So it's it's not a case of it's it's just a well, it is. It's a tacky ripoff of Friday the Thirteenth, but yep. it's done to such a high quality. It's kind of the way that Shaun of the Dead is a ripoff of a Romero movie, but. Right. It's spoofed to such a high level of quality that you appreciate it as its own thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's one of the kills where he throws a machete and kills a character. And it's you just watch it and go, that's so good. So, so good. And it makes you wonder why something like that wasn't, you know, like executed in a real horror movie. I mean, I'm sure machetes have been thrown, but you're just kind of like, wow, that was done so well. Yeah. And I, I, I take issue with this quite a lot because you'll get, You'll get spoof, kind of spoof horrors, things like this, things like Shaun of the Dead, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, uh, Babysitter, and uh, I can't think of the other babies. The sequel to the Babysitter. Yes, the, I remember that. My uh, Babysitter Killer Queen. Yes, they are outstandingly well produced and well put together horror movies. And then you'll get a brand new horror movie release, and it's terrible. And you're like, <laughs> how can these? These comedies do it on such a low budget and give me something so good. And then you get a horror movie that's got a ginormous budget that's got Hollywood pushing it. And it's just terrible. I just don't get it. I am with you a a thousand percent because, I mean, not to get too much into it, but a lot of the newer horror, I I just can't. For some reason, I can't get into it. And it's not like I'm being resistant towards it. Like, I I love watching horror. I, I could watch it all the time. But as of lately, there's been some that I'm just like, I don't understand. Like, the promotions were great, but... Yeah, and I think one of the traps that especially modern horrors fall into, probably excluding Nope by Jordan Peele, is they give everything away in the trailer. So when I get to the the theatre, there's nothing that I've not seen. All the best bits are there. Halloween Kills trailer is a prime example. I couldn't believe how much they gave in that movie. Hmm. The only thing they kept secret that I was pleased they did was the um, the kill with the gun by the car. The um, I call it the John Wick kill, where Michael Myers all of a sudden become John Wick and made her shoot herself. 
<laughs> I, I that one actually made me kind of gasp. That was like the one kill that I was like, "Oh Jesus!" Yeah, you know, you're right. Like you saw everyone on the little spinny merry-go-round. You saw everything. Yeah, I'm hoping they don't do that with ends because the trailer for that's due two weeks time. Yes, and you know what? I have been. Of course, I want to see it, but I think this time around, I'm just going to watch the first initial drop, and then I'm not. But it's so also too with our pages, it's so hard to avoid anything. Like when they just posted the pictures of Gail, like every my my news, I'm scrolling, 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 and all it is is Gail in her blue suit. Yeah, so Gail in her blue suit and the uh, Samara Weaver weaving as well has just yeah. signed on. Um, yes. I'm calling that she's going to be the Drew Barrymore of Scream Six. She's dying in the opening scene. I would have to agree with you that, or I'm still I'm still thinking Kirby. Uh, I really hope they don't. They made such an effort to bring her back. If they kill her in the opening scene, I'm going to be so annoyed. <laughs> you know how many people would be so angry with that? But I wish, and not to get off subject, but I wish that they would have kept that under wraps too. Because how who would that be if you know people went to go see the new Scream and then Kirby showed up? Like, people would probably shit their pants. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. And I still think that, that Sydney's going to be back. I, I'm confident she's going to... My theory is she's going to arrive right at the end and save the day and set up Scream 7. That would be amazing. Be <laughs> that. That, would, that would save 5 for me because I, I wasn't a huge 5 fan. No, nor was I. I. I had issues with 5 from the second I saw Billy's Ghost. In fact, before that, but Billy's ghost tipped me over the edge. I was so agitated in that movie theater, and I was like a Bloody Mary and a beer in, and I was just like, oh my god. Yeah. I'm hoping they recover it. It was all, that movie was an entire tribute to Wes Craven, and that's all it was. And when I look at it like that, I appreciate it. But now we've done that. They need to produce something now that is a good quality horror movie that's original again. I agree. And hopefully the the change of location might, you know, have an effect on it. Because I think leaving Woodsboro and leaving anything remotely close to it might set up a different type of appeal. But we shall see. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Um, who have you picked for your first? I'm really, really intrigued. So... Going from our Scream talk into Scream 3 with Roman Bridger. Um, I think he is insanely underrated. Um, I think 3 is hated on the most. And it was like the worst um, reception for the Scream franchise. But I, for me, full disclosure, like I wish Scream would have been a trilogy. I would have been happy with just the three that that Wes put out. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of 3. But that's mainly centered around script issues. Roman Bridges' character is really good. And I like the story of how he's linked to Sydney. And I like the fact for a split second, you think he's killed Sydney. Yes. That's... But it's the, I think it was the movie set thing that I didn't like. It was very like cliche. You know what I mean? Like, I think that aspect of it. And then the script, I agree, but it wasn't Kevin Williamson that, that wrote Scream 3. So, no, so he didn't he start writing it and then he got frustrated and walked away and someone else finished it off for him. Yes. And I mean, I guess I could, you know, coming from his perspective, I could see being upset with it, you know, in, in whatever direction that they were going and they were unhappy. So, you know, cut ties and walk away. But I think that had a huge part, maybe why three was kind of not a fave. Yeah, I would say that. And I still maintain that three is better than five. Yes, I will <laughs> proudly stand by that. But, you know, it's just, I feel like he was what started it. Like him showing the parts of Cotton with Maureen. Yeah. And then going into like Billy's dad situation and then kind of like being the push all while being his, by or being Sid's brother. Um, and then having that moment at the end where they're holding hands. Like, I don't know. I felt more emotion in three than I did in five with everything that transpired with Dewey. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I'm a bit of a Dewey fanboy. When when Dewey died, I was like, oh, my God, no. Why have you done that? Why have you not killed Gail? Why is Dewey dying? <laughs> Thank you. And I, But I knew it was going to happen as soon as he made that turn in the elevator. I was like, here we go. Like, he's going to die. And then yeah. 
I think what made me even more mad is when I found out who the killers were. <laughs> and who uh, actually killed them there really... Oh, that set me off. Uh, I've still got a theory, because there is no way that that ghost face that was taller than Dewey was Amber. Thank you. Okay. I'm convinced there's a third killer. That's an interesting theory. Um, if you watch the first Scream movie, you get Stu Marker sat with Billy, and he talks about gutting them from uh, sternum sternum to stomach. Yeah. That's exactly how Dewey was killed. Is Stu Marker still alive? Wow. Because, now, wasn't that supposed to be done with three, right? Like, they wanted to have him orchestrate the killings from inside prison or whatever, and then he was going to make some sort of appearance at the end. Yeah, it was originally, it was going to be a cult of Ghostface, which I still want. I want there to be six or seven Ghostface. That would be amazing. That would be. And, you know, I mean, I don't think we're too far from getting it, the way that, you know, things are progressing with the movie. But that was the other thing, too, that I appreciated about Roman was he was by himself. Yeah. I, 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 I really, I just really enjoyed him. And, like, throughout the movie, I, I can honestly say I didn't think that he was a suspect. No, I didn't. They'd done a very good job of, of concealing his identity. Yeah. Um, because I, I pegged pretty much the entire cast bar him. And then when there was the reveal, I was like, shit, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> see that coming. I know. And I loved his, not to be corny, but I loved his speech about like the other half of him. And then he like pulled the mask off and I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed Scream 3. Just for me, it didn't, it didn't sit as high as one, two, and four. I'm a big fan of four. I loved four. Oh, I, I hate saying it, but I wanted to love four. Like my best friend who I grew up with, when we watched all these movies together, we went and saw Scream 2 in the theater. We went and saw four in theaters. Like we were so excited to see it together. And I don't know what it was, but I just, I don't, I don't even know. Like it's not that I didn't like it, but I just felt like underwhelmed. And I'm getting more used to it because I've watched it more. So I, I think I appreciate it. And I still like four better than five. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I think it's quite apparent for you and me, probably five is bottom of the heap. <laughs> yes. We all feel the deal with that right now. <laughs> but so, yeah, that was that was my third. And I was reading facts about it today, too. And I didn't realize that they wanted to, like, bring Randy back for three. Did you read that too? Like they wanted to have yeah. it be like death was faked or he faked his death or he was, he survived the attack and two, they faked his death and then they put him in like secret hiding and he was supposed to come back in three. Yeah. See, th there was lots that was meant to happen in three. So I know that obviously Stu was meant to be back and he was meant to be orchestrating all the killings. Yeah. Um, I knew that Randy was rumored to be involved, but I thought it was more of kind of leaving information with other people i didn't know he was meant to be back but that would have been awesome yeah. um but a lot of the i think it was the first third of the script was leaked and when it was leaked wes craven pulled the plug and went that's no, not happening yeah why do people leak it it's so annoying i know and like i i think it's funny too that he had so many and like i just i think the production of three was just funny how it panned out like there was no test screening like no one saw it until it came out which it, sometimes i feel like that might need to happen yeah but I don't know. I just, <laughs> I, I just, I, I, the Scream franchise is so important to me. And I just hope that six kind of revives that, that spark because I feel like my, my Scream spark went out. Yeah. Mine, when I walked out of the, the theater after watching five, I walked out and I was decidedly like, I, I'm done. I'm done now. I'm done with Scream. There's, there's nothing new here. It's the same story rehashed again just with some younger cast and i was so disappointed and i went in i was desperate to love it i wanted to love it and i just didn't i know the trailer gave me goosebumps the the extended one they released right before it and it was like doing slow motion and you know like it was so emotional and dramatic and i was just in my car watching it like freaking out like so excited to see it yeah and then when i did see it i went oh <laughs> <laughs> I was so disappointed. But so who do you have for your number two pick? My number two pick is a real curveball uh, and it's a modern movie as well. And 
I don't know if I'd go as far as to say that she's underrated. She just not enough people know who she is. Uh, and that's Pearl from X. Yes. Great pick. Pearl is incredible. Um, I've got a big thing, and I've said it loads of times on the show, and I will say it forever. Old people as a horror trope is not used enough. Old people are terrifying. Yes, they are. Uh, and she nails it. She The kills that she does are brilliant and so varied. That was like, that was my shock value for X. Like that, like her, I was just like, oh my God, like grandma is tearing shit up. Like, Yeah, so she has the the first kill where she gets the sound guy and the director. She gets him yeah. by the car. And that scene where she kind of butchers him and all of the blood sprays onto the lights and bathes everything in a red light was amazing. Yes. And she goes from that brutal kill to using a pitchfork through a hole in a in a barn. It's so good. Mm-hmm. They very well like with the kills. I I that's the part that I enjoyed about X. Yeah, and I, I think I think I liked her character so much because it's not what I expected. That was the least that I was expecting from X. Yeah, I expected it to be they were going to get in trouble from a killer. And I always had in my head that it was going to be Pearl and her husband, Howard, who would save them. At no point did I think they would have a slave locked in their basement and she would go on a rampage. I know. And and I think the the underlining tone of the movie is sad. You know what I mean? Like growing old is just scary as it is, you know, and I think they they did that very well, like that whole angle. Yeah, they they did. And that they showed that she was not just an evil killer. She was, she was genuinely struggling with the fact that she had her best days are behind her and she was trying to relive her heyday. And I really liked that angle. Um, I, I really liked the prosthetics as well that they use for her because she's not an old lady at all. <laughs> No, and I, I could, t- I kind of could tell that it was her throughout the movie, and I'm like, is she playing her? And then you could just kind of like see it a little bit more and more. And then I watched, you know, behind the scenes and how long it took to do it. It was just, it was refreshing to see that. Because we've got a prequel coming towards the end of this year, which is called Pearl. Um, so when they wrapped filming on X, uh, Ty West asked if she would stay because he had an idea to do a prequel. And nothing was planned. It wasn't something that was going to happen. And it happened while they were filming X and the prequel was filmed back to back. And that comes out, I think at the moment it's due for a November release. Wow. I didn't, I had no idea about that. No, it's, they've not done any advertising for it. I know they filmed it and I know that Ty West has said that it's not what people are going to expect. Um, but it's set, I think it's set 30 or 35 years prior to what happens on X and it tells how she met her husband and how she ends up with people locked in her basement. Oh, so like a period horror piece. That's going to be very interesting. Yeah. I'm really, I genuinely excited for that. I, I'm going to confess something. I am not a fan of a 24. Their movies are so pretentious. Oh my God. And men just solidified that. Cause I just watched that the other night and I just, I can't, and I, I, I agree with you, but I can't get into this like emotionally draining trauma that you have to watch someone go through. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't, I want to see slashers and I want to like, yes, I like an emotional element to it, but I don't need to see three, four, three quarters of the movie be someone's trauma. Yeah. They are, and then uh, this like lackluster ending. I don't know. I just was, I don't really care for A24 either. Yeah, no, I, I don't. And this, I think, caught me so off guard because I went in going, this is going to be so bad. It's going to be the same boring droning. And then when it turned into like a proper 70s slasher, I was like, this is awesome. I'm so signed on now. I know. And I was like that too. I, I, I will say I, the whole like beginning part with like the porn side, I, I felt like that was kind of drawn out, which, you know, whatever. My husband enjoyed it. He loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to see like someone 
get sliced. And then that first kill that, that did it for me. I loved the music that was playing. I loved that whole scene. Like that made me want to stick around and watch it. Yeah. I, th- I think the other thing in that, that I thought was really well done was the alligator. I was not expecting, I mean, I had a, a feeling cause you saw it before, but that was kind of like, that was yeah. cool. The alligator kill was brilliant. And also the bit where she's swimming and the alligator's so close behind her, that aerial shot just looked incredible. Uh, I really can't gush enough about X. I loved X. I, I first time I watched it, I'm like, eh, I don't know. Like I, 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 and it had to sit with me, you know, and I had to kind of like, think about it i'm like you know what it really wasn't as it was it was good yeah i really really enjoyed it so my number two i feel like i'm doing like all these i don't know like vintage killers but i did cropsy from the burning what's a good pick and i i just i just watched the burning not too long ago and i know it's you know a cult classic and it's been out for a while but i really didn't have too much of an interest in it and then after watching it, I feel like I enjoyed that better than the original Friday the 13th. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. And the practical effects for Cropsy are incredible. I love it. And I love, I love like the kills, like the first kill with the, the hooker and the scissors in her stomach and the way that, and it was Tom Savini that did it. Yeah. And I just thought it was amazing when like the whole focusing on the knife and then the blood on the mirror. And it's just like a perfect slasher movie. It, it really is. And I, I love the fact that Tom Savini was really, really unhappy because he only got three days to create that effect or the, the face. Yeah. To do that in three days, I don't think there's any other studio or any other prop master who could make that in three days and make it look as good as he did. He's, he's, if not my favorite, like he's amazing. And it just speaks so much for him to like do that, accomplish that in three days. Yeah. And he's, he's a really funny guy in in what he picks and chooses that he does as well, because he, he's always been the guy who everyone goes to when they need something great. Mm -hmm. And he will turn down top notch movies. He turned down Friday the 13th part two to do Cropsy or to do the burning. Yeah. Um, and apparently there was a bidding war for him and he was like, no, I've made my decision. That's awesome. I'm glad that he made that decision because I, I love the burning. That's one of my new summer camp favorite slash movies. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of kills in it as well. So I think it's nine, nine people he kills with the shears. Yes. And he has a flamethrower. Yeah. There's a flamethrower in it. Like how, how could you not like a horror movie with a flamethrower? Not only that though, but the shears, they're a really basic weapon, but I've never seen another killer before or since use garden shears as their weapon. It's true. And I, I loved the trailer and just like the silhouette of him with the garden shears. Like it's perfect. Yeah. I really, really, really enjoyed it. And it's um, Lou David who played him, um, yep. who complained continuously about the makeup and the time to go into the makeup. It was a big chore for him. He hated it and he apparently hated taking it off worse because Tom Savini stuck it to his face with (laughs) not necessarily the correct equipment in 1981. It was just stuck on there with some glue that he had. Oh my God. That would be (laughs) horrible. (laughs) Uh, It was the eighties. They just kind of made do with what they had. You know, and you have to sacrifice because look at the end game. Like you have an awesome cult classic. So cheers to you, Surfer, enduring yeah, that pain. And, and it's a really underrated movie as well. That there's, it's one of those movies that if you mention it in a group of 50 people, only 10 of them will even know what you're talking about. Exactly. And, but even uh, like the small montages, like the canoe scene, you know, like the music's playing and they're, you know, doing the whole summer camp shtick i i love it because it, it's corny and it's cheesy but it fits perfectly like it sets it up beautifully for these like amazing kills awesome villain like i love it yeah and I, i've always said that you need to have a balance you can't have a movie that is really dark from the start to the finish because you need that element of happy and cheery and kind of kind of campiness to to offset that because otherwise the bad thing's not a bad thing if everything's bad already who cares if there's a killer 
you need the happy bit. It makes it more realistic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I love that Jason Alexander's in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's a top notch movie. And it, again, it's what how would you feel about a remake of this? I'm I I would be all for it. I'm surprised there hasn't been like any other you know, any sequels or any remakes of it, really, because it's so good. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going to have a look and see what, what, who owns the rights, because you'll probably find it's a single person who owns the rights and won't let anyone do anything with it and won't sell it. And, you know, good for them, I guess. But and I also thought it was funny, too, that it was Harvey Weinstein that produced it, because I didn't know that. I didn't know that till right now. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> when I watched it, I immediately like at the end, I was like, "Wait, I got to check this out." So I Wikipedia it, and I was like, "Holy shit, it's Harvey Weinstein!" The thing is, though, if you look at like a good chunk of the movies made in the eighties and nineties, they were all Harvey Weinstein. I know, and it was like <laughs> there wasn't really like too much of a creepy element to it with him producing. No, the, the scary thing is the creepy element probably happened in the casting couch, not on the set on that one. I know. I re- I was reading some of the stuff, and some of the women were uncomfortable with like the the nudity scenes, and just like reading the little facts about it was was entertaining. I mean, it was just I don't know. It was funny. It was yeah. I, I think in the eighties, though, I'd, I might be speaking out of turn now. I think in the eighties, if you were a lady going for a role in a horror movie, there was already an understanding that there's a good chance you're going to have to go topless. Exactly. Because that was eighties uh, horror is ladies with their boobs out. That's kind of what it was. Ladies with their boobs out, and you're going to die now. You've got your boobs out, and it, it's like the recipe for an eighties movie. I just watched the Slumber Party Massacre, and the opening scene is the girl getting out of bed. Nothing even happened. She gets no. out of bed, and takes her shirt off, and there's tits. I'm like, oh, well, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> and it was. It was. I love the Slumber Party Massacre. Yeah, we've done um, Slumber Party Massacre 2 on Heather's show. Yeah. And I've never been so stunned by the just gratuitous, no reason at all, women in an old abandoned house, but they're all wearing negligees. I was like, what's going on? I know. And it's so ridiculous, but those I love those movies. Those are yeah. like the movies that I love to watch. Yeah, I do. Purely because they they embrace what they are. They don't try to pretend anything else. That they go, they go full in with, "We are going to show you scantily clad women because we know that that sells, and then yes. we're going to kill them because we know you want to see a horror movie." And that's all yeah. they do. I, and the, like the the premise of the first one, it's so ridiculous. It's like this escaped killer, and he's like the shortest little dude, you know, running around in like his little gangster outfit, and then he gets, <laughs> and then he kills everyone. Like it's. I love it. It's perfect. Really, really good. Okay, so now we are on our number one. So we'll okay. That one. Uh, my number one is probably the most loved and overrated slasher of all time, but I am singling out a single movie in which he's absolutely slammed, but it's the most underrated slasher. He is the most underrated slasher in this movie. And it's Jason Voorhees from Jason X. I love it <laughs> so much because Jason, you don't hear Jason X talked about at all other than it's the worst Jason. It, without a doubt, it legitimately has the best kills in the entire franchise, especially the liquid nitrogen kill where he freezes her head and then explodes her head off a table. There's no other movie that does that. No. And <laughs> the build up to it, too, when you're, she, he's pulling her back and you see bottom boob. Yeah, <laughs> you, almost, you almost get a tit, and then your head's frozen and smashed. <laughs> yeah, and I think in this, and I've argued this with quite a few people that the beginning part when we're still on Earth, yes, Jason looks the best and the most menacing he has in the entire franchise. I one hundred and ten percent agree with you. He's like that shot where it's just his mask, and you're like looking at him, and then he's just hanging there. Yeah, he looked so like beat, like beefy. Yeah, and d- d- don't get me wrong, this film is it's silly. Uh, he gets upgraded by a computer and becomes Uber Jason, who also looks great, by the way. 
he fights a, a cyborg. It, it, I think what I love about this movie is the writer and director knew exactly what they were making. Mm-hmm. And they, instead of doing what most people would do, go, oh, I don't want to do Jason in space. They fully embraced it. And they're all running around with Nerf guns that are painted silver. How could you not like it? I know. It's brilliant. I love it. Um, one thing I would suggest, have you seen the 2009 remake? Yes. Okay. So when you go to watch that again, mm-hmm. instead of thinking of that as a remake, think of that as a sequel to Jason X and it's taking place on Earth 2 where he lands, it completely changes the way you look at that movie. Oh, my God. See, I loved the remake. I I actually, in, like, my top remake choices, I was very happy with it. I was nervous going into it, but I really actually ended up loving it. Yeah, I I really, really enjoyed it. And I think the thing I liked about it is they... They were unapologetic at not copying the original. Yes. Um, I feel, too, like a lot of it is Marcus Nispel that did um, the remake because I loved the shots and I loved how he did, you know, like um, when Jason's standing on the roof and it pans up and he's just standing there and it's like his silhouette, but you can still see him type deal. I loved so many shots in that movie. I think my favorite shot for that is when he first retrieves the mask mm-hmm. and he puts the mask on and you see it in the broken mirror. Yes. So as a, as a fan of Voorhees, you're sat there going, oh, I can't wait to see this. Can't wait. And they don't show you. And then they make you wait another 10 minutes before you get that full face shot. It's so well directed. I loved it. And it was worth it too. I loved it too. I loved the kills. I loved just everything about it. I mean, the one thing that I didn't like about it was, the hostage because we all know like Jason really wouldn't keep someone hostage, but I guess we let that slide because it was done so well. Yeah. I I think it's with a remake. I kind of accept new rules. I I don't mind that. And what I hate is when they do a shot for shot remake, like for example, psycho, the remake of psycho is diabolical. (laughs) They could have done so much with that too. It, It was very unfortunate that they, did it that way because i don't care for the the remake at all no and i think i was instantly off board the second i saw vince vaughn i love vince vaughn but not in that movie (laughs) he's like dark and i get it because he does kind of look like he kind of does look like him but i think they could have done different casting for him yeah i I think so as too i mean going back to jason x the other thing i really really love about jason x is the the way that he is portrayed in it. So in this, it's the only movie where Jason is the victim, apart from the first one. So he's the victim from the minute he's held captive at the beginning, right up until the end. Because when he's on the, the ship, all he wants to do is get off the ship. Yeah, don't blame him. And everyone's in his way. Um, I do love the fact that it's um, it's people having sex on the ship that wakes him from his slumber, though. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved the like ridiculous when they're doing whatever and they're like making out and stuff and, and she's like oh just go on just get <laughs> yeah <she's- laughs> well, the, J- Jason Voorhees has been stopping underage sex for hundreds of years if you include the time he's in space stronger than a condom <laughs> <laughs> how has no one released Jason Voorhees condoms yet oh my god that's that's an idea Scott you should <laughs> <laughs> you make so much money with that <laughs> yeah if, if anyone's going to try and do that I'm going to go and copyright that right now <laughs> we have it documented we have it all here before yeah. <laughs> man I, I love that movie I'm so glad that you said that So because like I feel like Jason X Halloween Resurrection they all get so much flack for being so horrible but like in all they're just they're good watches I don't know <laughs> resurrection gets slammed so much and i'm going to go on record now and say i enjoy resurrection it's a bad movie but i love the fact they tried to move with the times Mm -hmm. they went oh found footage is is quite big now so how about we do a documentary we set up loads of cameras in this house and we do our own halloween found footage it's great I know. And doing like the contest, you know what I mean? Like, oh, these five people, that's all 
it was in that period of time where like those shows like Big Brother, you know, all those types of, I don't want to say like reality shows, but, and then they had like the script behind it. I thought it was great. Yeah. And you've got Buster Rhymes in it. What more could you want? Karate chopping the shit out of my car. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It was perfect. I always stand behind Resurrection. Yeah, I, I, I do. And it, it gets so much flack. I think that's probably universally agreed that that is the worst Halloween movie. For me, like, I can't, I'd rather watch Resurrection over five. I don't really care for five. Uh, five's okay. Again, five, I, I kind of like where they wanted to go with it. They just done it in a really bad way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Agreed. And it's it just being a, such a big Halloween fan, I totally get it because there were, some of them are, I think, are ridiculous, but I'll watch them. How do you feel about the Rob Zombie Halloweens? I'm not a fan. But ever, I will say ever since starting my page, a lot of people have, you know, DM me saying, you need to look at it this way, you know, and, and, and I get it. But I feel like for me, Michael Myers was scary because you didn't know the first one. He yeah. was just lunatic that killed his sister. And now he's after Lori with her friends. Like he was, he scared the shit out of me. That's scary. The way that he stopped all the shots of him just watching from afar that scared me so to go transition into rob zombie's point of view where he's this like huge you know what i mean like brutal killer killer i don't i just i didn't feel it i wasn't into it no i I think i liked the first one the second one when we get the the hallucinations with sherry zombie and the the white unicorn horse thing i was like no i'm out i've done yeah i don't like this <laughs> and i i agree too the first one I, I i thought like the the scene in the woods was kind of brutal but it made me like oh god like that's that's fucked up so i i appreciated one too i think the only i don't know if i'm mixing up the only thing i really liked in two was the hospital scene where they played knights and white Zen. i yeah. loved that the way that it was like super intense and then all of a sudden you have the Moody Blues playing Nights and White Satin. Yeah, and I, I think that Halloween is, the timeline is so messed up now. There, yeah. There's like, is there five or six different timelines in Halloween? I, I think, I'm hoping when they end it, they end it and whatever they do next, because we all know they're not going to leave it alone. I hope they go a completely different direction away from the original timeline. Start something new. Absolutely. I would love if they did a, uh if they could, a transition into, like, Season of the Witch somehow. Yes, I'm 100% on board for that. Because I, I, you know, and it took me a long time, well, not, like, a long time, because I appreciated it early on, but I didn't really like Three when I was getting into Halloween, because I'm like, well, the only time that you see him is when the guy's at the bar, and they mm. do the trailer. But I love, like, standalone, I think Season of the Witch, it should have been called Season of the Witch, Halloween 3 dropped, um, but it's one of my, my favorite movies. I love it. I really, really enjoy it. And there's so much scope for them to play with there. I'm surprised. I'm surprised they buckled to the pressure to bring Michael back. Because I think if they'd have stuck with it and gone in that direction, we would have got something very, very different. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so nervous for ends because I really felt under, underwhelmed with kills. I just thought that it was, thought eight, eight, I thought the first one was really, really, emotional and i actually enjoyed it like i thought it was it was done yeah I was nervous, so it exceeded my expectations kills i thought it was a little bit much yeah I, i'm not sure where they're going with ends i saw something the other day where they've said that it's a complete departure from 18 and from kills uh, i know it got test screened this week and apparently it's received 98 percent approval rating in test screening which is pretty much unheard of and that, but that also makes me a little nervous too, because yeah, who've they got watching it? That's the, that's yeah. the question. <laughs> that's what I want to know. Who's, who's watching? Uh, have, have they got horror fans, or are these just sort of people that don't know the franchise that are sat there going, "Yeah, that's good." Yeah, I love it. It's great. <laughs> I guess we'll see. We will. So, are you ready for mine? I'm excited for yours, based on your last two. So the reason I picked this person was this movie literally scarred me for life. And I still see the end scene in my head. Sometimes when I close my eyes, like it's, it's Angela from Sleepaway Camp. 
啊、oh, ，Walter Peck，That <笑> movie。So I watched that when I,、uh, I think I was, I think I was nine. I was super young when I watched it because I went to the video store with my friends and we would get like age four and we get like repetitive, you know, scary movies. So we branched out. We watched Sleepaway Camp, and I had no idea, you know, at this time what was going to happen, and you know. The whole movie was awesome. Like the kills, the campiness, the the bitchy Judy, like all of it. Yeah, and the kills for this are there's so many as well. So there's twelve kills in this.、Um, to put that into perspective, A Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one had four, and even Friday the Thirteenth only had ten. Oh wow! I didn't realize that Friday the Thirteenth had that many. Yeah, but、wow. yeah, she's the kill she does is brilliant. And it made so much money as well, become an instant classic. Yeah, and I love the sequels. Like I watched the sequels afterwards, and、I'm, of course, they're not in comparison to the first one. But they, I think they're a fun watch. Like I always wanted to see a lawnmower death. So in three, when <laughs> the chick got it to the head, I was like, "Yes!" I was so excited to see it. It's it's a really good franchise, a massively underrated franchise. I, I don't think the sequel's done as well because you'll never get that shock value again. Never. I I remember watching and that final scene, just jaw on the floor, going, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I, I didn't see this coming. I know, and I remember being like, it caught me off guard so much that I I think I was like, I gasped, and I was like, "Oh." <gasps> And it scared me to the point where I like had to look away because I was so young and like I had a sleepover with my girlfriends and we're just like, what? The, what are we watching? Like this woman has a penis and it's making this growling animal sound and it was, oh my god! And it was and it, I read up on it. They hired a college guy to do that scene because obviously she couldn't do it because she was like fourteen or thirteen years old or whatever, so she couldn't be. Exposed.、Yeah. They hired a college man to do it, and he was drunk. So that, like, the whole the whole setup, the whole shot, would it have transpired differently if it was like a female? You know what I mean? Like, would we have gotten that? But the the noise, like that, like the head roll, <laughs> like you know, they're rolling up on her, and she's petting the head on her lap, and then she stands up, the head rolls, Paul's head rolls off. Yeah, and,、oh, God, she's a she's a guy, and then. It's so 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 good, and not only that, she got paid next to nothing. So, so this movie made thirty times what they spent on it, and she、mm-hmm. got paid five thousand dollars. It's insane. It's scandalous. It <laughs> and she's like the nicest woman. Like being on a social media platform, and like I think I tagged her in one of my posts, and she responded with hearts. You know what I mean? Like just super interactive with her. With her fans, and it's—I I just think she was brilliant. I think that she, even when she was super quiet, and you would have those scenes where she was staring at the girls, just so eerie. Like she just made my skin crawl. Yeah, she does that really well. I think it's like it's oh, it's well over half an hour before she says a word. Yeah, and without saying a word to make people feel uncomfortable is very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she does it so so well. She she's an incredibly talented actress, and I'm surprised she didn't go on to much bigger movies than she did. I agree.、Um, and even now, I mean, I've seen her. She's constantly on social media. She's always at horror conventions. She's always interacting with her fans. She's she's one of the most genuine people out there, and she does talk to everyone. Which, if you follow any of the big Horror slasher celebrities. They don't talk to anyone. And I, I mean, I get it. Like, I understand celebrities are are, are humans. Like, we're all humans. You know, it doesn't. But and I get like a privacy thing. But some come across as very arrogant, and you know, it's it, she's very appreciative of the fans that love. You know what I mean? Like that love her. Like I was scared of her <laughs> majority of my life, but. Yeah, because she had a she had a podcast for a little while. I, I think it's stopped now, but she'd done about five episodes. It was her and Kane Hodder.、Uh, if you can find that podcast, I can't even remember what it's called. I think they did about four episodes where they 
spoke about horror movies and about their experiences. Those two together is some of the most entertaining listening ever. They're so, so, so good. I would love to hear them talk. They're like the two most notorious killers. Like, I'd love to hear them talk about their stories. Yeah, she, she's she's fantastic. And I genuinely can't rave about her enough. I mean, it's not even just her kills either. It's like the curling, the kill with the curling iron. I love that. I mean, as I love it. I think it's great. Who come up with that kill? Because that's such a good kill. <laughs> I know. I like. There's. I have so many in my head. Sometimes I'm just like, I would love, and I, I would, I want to do an episode on some of the best kills because there's some that just rock my brain. I'm like, wow. Yeah, I, that because you get uh, one of them gets killed by bees as well, which is amazing. Yeah, the beehive, um, and then. You got the arrow through the neck is the other one. I'm trying to think what else there was. Wasn't there two people killed at the beginning in a bizarre way? You had the um, the pervert in the kitchen, and he got the hot water on him. Yeah, already. And I just and you know, I just it's so funny watching horror back in the day and what was acceptable, like what they put on there. You know, this old man groping this little girl, like being a total creep, and it's not funny. I just I sometimes laugh and I'm uncomfortable, but like. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so, like, they, but he got what, what was coming to him, so. Yeah, he did. And uh, I don't think there's an issue showing things that are inappropriate like that in the context of a horror movie. Yes. If you're building it for that person to get their just desserts. This is not, this is not the real world. And I've got a real issue of people taking, having problems with movies that do things that are a little close to the edge. Yeah. Especially in horror. Horror is, we are the franchise or we are the, the genre that is designed to push the boundaries. Yes. And I think anyone who's got an issue with horror pushing the boundaries probably shouldn't be watching it. Exactly. Because, I mean, you know what you're getting into. It's horror. It's not supposed to be for the mild manner. It's like things that are of shock value, stuff that's going to make you feel uncomfortable, stuff that's going to scare you because that's the premise of horror. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I watch a lot of people on TikTok who they're like, I watched this horror movie and it, it was horrible. Really? <laughs> what were you expecting? <laughs> and then, you know what, too? I sometimes find myself when I hear people's reception of movies or like kills and their view on it, I never take it that seriously. No. You know, like, and I'm not trying to discredit anyone's feelings or to not say, but like, um, the terrifier, for example, and the, the hacksaw scene with the girl, like, it was brutal. I'm a female. Do I want that to happen to me? No. But like, was it an awesome watch? I thought it was, I thought it was cool. I mean, yeah, I, I haven't seen a woman get sawed all the way up. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, uh, the thing is, it's, it's things like that, that every now and then you'll get something you just go, wow, I didn't expect that. That, that genuinely shot me. For example, the bear trap, uh, the bear trap kill in Saw. Oh, yeah the reverse bear trap on the on the mouth yeah at no point did i expect that trap to actually go off and when it went off i was like oh my god what happened i know i mean like there's some things that like i don't know like what's that one and i talked about it before but the, a serbian film yeah I, i'm not that's a, a that's one i won't i won't watch i have watched and would never watch again it it was just uh, it pushed boundaries, but it pushed them because it wanted to push boundaries. It wasn't a case of we've made a really, really good movie mm-hmm. and within the context of our movie, we're going to push this boundary. This was, we're going to make a movie to just push boundaries and to upset people. And I, I didn't like it. I didn't make it all the way through. No. And I, I wanted to like read before I even attempted to, cause there's, I want to like broaden my horror. You know what I mean? Because there's some things that I don't really. I tried to just not watch just because for me, it's like not entertaining. So I'm like, well, what are some, you know, extreme ones that I could watch that I could probably handle, but I wanted to kind of know before I got into it. And I read, I read the synopsis of that. And I was like, you know, I don't think that I can do that. No, it, it really wasn't for me. And I'm guilty as well. of I tend to stick in my lane. I know what I like. Mm-hmm. And the shows made me push out into other things. And I found other things I really, really enjoy. 
But I've also found other things that I'm like, I don't like this. This is so bad. What, why are we watching this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, there's, if it's one film out of like, how many horror films do we get that really like, I mean, I know there's more than just that one, but if the, the list that's really pushing, pushing the envelope, then I think we're doing okay because think of how much horror is produced. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, if you look at, what they do, what horror does as a general rule, especially at the moment, there's so many different avenues that are now pursued. You've got people like Jordan Peele and Ty West who are leading the, the charge of this new wave of horror. And then you've got other people that are going the, the other way and going back into what we loved about honey, uh, horror. So you've got things like Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. <laughs> that's, that's, that's now been... Well, it's filmed now. It comes out later this year. I still can't believe we're getting that. Did you see the Did you see the poster? Yeah. <laughs> I grew up on Winnie the Pooh. Like that was my jam when I was a kid. So I'm kind of like I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna watch it, but yeah, I read the um, the synopsis for it. So it's um, Christopher Robin's gone to college, and Pooh and Piglet are starving. Um, so apparently, the openings one of the opening scenes of this is where P- Pooh and Piglet eat Eeyore. Oh my, no. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> they fucking eat your. Apparently so. And then they, they go on a rampage after this to try and tempt Christopher Robin to come back and look after them. <laughs> That's a sure way to do it by eating Eeyore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that, that's interesting. I mean, I'm even more intrigued now. So yeah, it's, it's top of my list of things that are coming. The second that comes out, that will definitely be on the show. I can guarantee yes. it. <laughs> oh, I'm excited for that. There's a lot of like newer stuff that's coming out that I'm excited for, like Smile. Smile yeah. looks pretty pretty decent. Like it follows vibes, but yeah, because we've got the is it the prequel to Orphan? Orphan yeah. first kill. Yes. Did you like Orphan? Yeah, I I thought it was really interesting. It, it was again not what I expected at all. Me either. I thought that was a really good spin, and I like that Julia um, Julia Styles is in it. I haven't seen her in a hot minute. No, no, she 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 went through a phase though in the nineties of where she was literally in everything. Everything. <laughs> I was just like on a nineties kick, just connecting like who was in what. Like uh, I know what you did last summer, Sarah Michelle Gellar in Scream Two and Scooby Doo, and just like piecing how they just rotated people yeah. in that period of time. Yeah, the, the 90s, you had kind of this niche of like 20 male actors and 20 female actresses, and they just got recycled in everything. Yeah, Josh Hartnett. Yeah. Like, what are you doing now? <laughs> what, what happened to him? Where did he go? Even, even to the point of big A-list celebrities, for example, Matt Damon. What's Matt Damon done notable recently? Ben Affleck stealing the spotlight, uh, getting back with Jenny. Oh, really? <laughs> Yes, they're engaged now. Isn't that crazy? No. Swear to God. Uh, it must have been his performance as Batman that done it. <laughs> <laughs> that would make me have him lose my number because don't even get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm I'm glad that we discussed these slashers because uh, I, I've been thinking about it for quite some time now. We hear like the major ones all the time. You know, we always hear about jason freddie michael like we need to get i feel like we need to get some new slashers in the mix we definitely need some new slashers the last new slasher that spawned a franchise that i can remember was ghostface yeah and that's the 90s i know and even now i feel like he's kind of not i i I hope i'm not being negative we, we can like revamp everything but i just feel like we need a staple we need something that's going to, you know, create for our children to love. In Yeah, so they tried with Happy Death Day. And I, the baby mask just didn't scare me. I think that's what put me off that. Yeah, I didn't really care for that. And uh, what else was there? There was The Purge. Like that whole... And I, full disclosure, I've, I haven't seen any of The Purge movies. Um, but I just don't feel like there's anything really like... You know? No, I think one and two were good. And then when you get to the, whatever the last one was, the Forever Purge, that's just, just garbage. It's so bad. 
honestly, I would say The Forever Purge is probably the worst movie I've seen in the last five years. You know what, what was the worst one? And I actually walked out of, I walked out of theaters when we were in lockdown. So it was like, you know, we could still go do things. And, you know, believe me, I was wanting to get out of the house and, you know, go eat somewhere and go to a movie. We saw The Grudge, the new Grudge, mm. and we walked out. Yeah. I've never yeah. walked out before, but that one was just, they made it so, like, appealing. The Red Band trailer kind of reminded me of, like, when we saw the Evil Dead trailer, the remake. And I was so excited for it. And then it was just garbage. Yeah, the problem is there are people making new horrors, but again, I just don't think they're getting enough spotlight. Things like uh, Last Night at Soho. Oh, I love that movie. Absolutely brilliant. Visually stunning. Such a good story. Yeah. But it doesn't get seen by enough people because people see it and they go, no, oh, I don't know about that. And they don't go and watch it. It just annoys me. Try and something it was, new. It's so good. And then uh, I'll wrap it up after this one. But The Haunt was really good for slashers and yes. the whole haunted, uh, uh, like a, a, a haunt gone wrong. That one blew me away. And I will praise that and I will promote that until whenever. But that was a really good one. Yeah, that that's one that Elise, if anyone asks Elise for a movie recommendation, it's always haunt, always. So that being said, what is a horror movie that you would recommend, a, a not well-known, that you would recommend to everyone listening? Ooh, um, probably 1BR. Okay, that oh, was that on Netflix? It was on Netflix for a while. I think it's on Prime and it might even be on Tubi now. Um, 1BR is a a girl who moves into an apartment um, and without giving too much away it takes a nasty nasty turn Uh, it's got Naomi Grossman in it Uh, it's got uh, I can't think of her name who plays the lead actress it's a pretty unknown cast but the storyline is really unique caught me so off guard I sat down to watch it and I was like this looks okay and it's a really pleasant quite happy movie for about I don't know, probably about 40 minutes. And then when it turns, it turns at such a pace, just leaves you absolutely stunned. And I was stunned till the end. Uh, It's so good. That's, I'm going to put that on my list because I need something new to watch. So one BRs, I would highly recommend it's, it's a, it's a nine pushing a 10 out of 10 for me. Wow. All right. Well, I'm definitely putting that on the list. Might actually watch it tonight. Do let let me know what you think because I I genuinely love that film. I would push that film to even people who don't like horror. That's a really good entry movie because it's not because there's such a long period where it's not a horror. Yeah, it really entices people in and they want to know what's going to happen. And then when it turns, they're too stunned to walk away. Well, I'm so excited. We have to go move friends tonight, but I'm definitely staying up to watch that. Definitely do. So before we leave, what is next for you run podcast? What's coming up in the future? Um, we've got, I'd say probably the biggest thing we've got coming is our season bonus episodes. We've got our season finale where we're doing Cabin in the Woods and we've got Heather from Wednesday Wine and Horrors on for that episode. Nice. Uh, we've also got our finale, big finale is our franchise head to head where we're oh. pitting a nightmare on Elm Street, which is my favorite franchise against Halloween which is Mark's favorite franchise. I think I knew about that because I was in the <laughs> Halloween Avengers chat group. <laughs> so I'm excited for that. Uh, what we're going to do is we haven't decided all the categories yet. We're going to break it down into six different categories nice. and we'll score the movies on those categories. Uh, and we've got a guest with us, Mr. Tazzy. He's going to kind of act like a referee because he's a, um, he's a Voorhees man. So oh. he's he's completely unbiased, so he can have the final say. That is so exciting. I cannot wait. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for that. We've got a couple of surprises this season as well, which I'm not going to say anything about. But yeah, we've got a couple of shockers coming. That's exciting. Perfect. I'm excited for it. Uh, what's up next for you, more importantly? Um, well, I have a couple guests coming on to do some future episodes. I got some individual solo ones. Um, just about, you know, this and that, whatever is yeah. in my mind at that time that I want to. I, I want, I definitely want some more content. I've pushed you for so long now to get an episode out. You've got an episode out and I want more now. I, I listened I, to it and I was like, episode two, there's episode two. 
<laughs> which that episode should have been a two twofer because it was two and a half hours long. So I appreciate anyone listening that listened the whole time to it because we definitely went off on that <laughs> one. It was so much fun to talk. I love coming on and talking to people. Like I could talk to you, you know, all night and same when Sam came on, but yeah, we're going to do that. I'm going to have some um, bands on, hopefully get some live music. Oh, chat cool. Or, and uh, yeah, expanding um, the platform on Twitter. There's so many places to talk about horror. I kind of get a little bit in a mess now. So we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, I'm in Discord servers and Reddit. And I, I even talk to people on Pinterest, believe it or not. Do you really? Yeah, not very often, but I do. <laughs> there is a Pinterest account for us. Well, I love Pinterest. I'm always on there, so I will definitely look for you for that. Yeah, go and dig us out. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely will. I have my own little horror pin board, so. Oh, cool. Yes. Well, um, I just want to thank you so much for coming on and talking with me tonight and sharing your top three underrated slashers. Pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm delighted you invited me. Really good really place. Yeah, uh, d- definitely. We need to get you on our show as well. Season six, we'll get you on. Oh my god, I would be honored to be on your show. Let's we'll see if we can see if we can get sleepaway camp for you, maybe. Hell yeah! <laughs> Thanks everyone for tuning in, and until next time, take care. And good night.